0: made me bite the bullet. Before the host, I had to bring up the host of the show, and I hooked him up with a club spot. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm trying to do I'm just kidding. Alright, so uh, you guys ready for an awesome show? Yeah. That's awesome. I traded a club spot to bite the bullet at three of clubs. Eight minutes and a fucking A club in Universal Studios. This is what this got me for Joey. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, you guys ready? That was the first of the club. This is the second one. That was like a 7 out of 10. I knew this one. I had an 8 out of 10. Alright, your host is awesome. He opens for Rob Schneider out on the road. He was in the movie uh, The Bench Warmers and he's got a bunch of credits you guys are gonna love him. Make some noise for Earl Stagel! Come on! Give that Earl. What Tim didn't mention is it's a ten minute spot at the John Lovitz club. Yeah. One more come on, give it up for Tim Mars. You guys have seen an amazing show. So far, this show has had three hosts. <laughs> we don't fuck around here. You are seeing the top comics in the city who live within five blocks. <laughs> I have one credit. Tim bullshitted. Up. I, I don't have a bunch of credits. <laughs> if I had a bunch of credits. You think I'd be going on third at of three o'clock? Of <laughs> I've got one credit. You IMDb my name benchwarmers. 2006. Snooky from the Jersey Shore has more credits than me. So I think it's pretty obvious that if you're in a David Spade movie, it doesn't really help you. Now, in that movie, I played a character called the Porta Potty Guy. Anything you think, God, it can't get any worse than that. friend Tim, not Tim Mars, but another friend named Tim, he was just cast in a Steven Seagal movie as gay cop number two. He's not a real good actor. All the speaking lines went to gay cop number one. Some intense dialogue with Seagal to open up the I'm playing like an abused pit bull parlor. I mean, what's wrong with you? Don't take it out on me. How many people in here have an IMDB credit? Probably everybody. Jesus. The guy who bags your groceries probably has at least five shorts on IMDB. Everyone acts or does something in this town. I mean, I almost went to the massage parlor You know, there's a rub-out parlor in this same complex. (laughs) Not a good sign for a comedy club when you share parking spaces with a jerky jerky place. (laughs) If I wasn't hosting this show and going on later, I'd be in there right now. Any business, any massage business that has massage in pink neon letters, it's a go. Oh, I'm the only guy in there who's been to one of those places? Oh, okay. It's not, it's not, you know, the massage you go there for. It's for the excitement. Because when they take your money, by the way, guys, never pay with a credit card. Because if you uh, share your income statement with your lady friend, um, herky jerky massage parlor may raise flags. Cash only, no paper trail. I was watching the Sylvester Stallone Film Festival on Showtime before I came here. (laughs) Did he say no to a script in the mid 80s? Damn, he cranked out some doozies in the mid 80s. It's like like four or five in a row that were done in like two years. So, I mean, he was a busy dude. I mean, Cobra, Over the Top, Tango and Cash, Oscar stop or my mom will shoot. I mean, you know in is your last good movie, you made a lot of bad decisions. But Over the Top, there's a lot of life's lessons to be learned in that movie. You know the kid in Over the Top committed suicide right after that movie? I mean, that's how bad that flick was. I can't do it, man. That's the one where Stallone, for two and a half hours, arm wrestles fat guys. <laughs> and who comes up with these scripts? I mean, wouldn't you love to be a fly in the wall when they pitched it to him? Hey, Sly, come on in, man. Cobra's doing real well at the box office, man. I mean, there's some great one-liners in Cobra. My favorite is when the, the first scene, I mean, Stallone got right to the chase in these movies. There was no uh, slow build-up. he just got right in there. And, it's in the supermarket, and the guy's about to blow up the whole supermarket, and Stallone comes in the back door, and there's this real intense stare down, and the guy's like, I'm gonna blow this place up, man. And Stallone just looks at him and goes, go ahead. I don't shop here. And that's just good writing, man. I mean, Who saw that come? And that's an awful Stallone impression, but I'm sorry. I just, I'm not from Last Comic Standing. I don't do good impressions. Oh come on, man! That shows the stand-up comedy what what's happening was to the black culture. Please. By the way, I've got a showcase next week for it. Uh, I'll come out to the Improv. It's, uh, I can't get it booked, man. I can't even get on comics unleashed. You know, and, like.
1: I've seen like homeless open micers on
0: that show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when your thought of getting interviewed by Byron Allen at 3 in the morning is a good idea, you probably should quit standing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think OJ ever watches Dexter and goes, that's how I should have done it. <laughs> Of course, it would have been two of everything, you know, because he was busy that night. <laughs> <laughs> I actually grew up next to OJ when I was a kid. He grew up like three houses down from and some of my fondest childhood memories were <laughs> him throwing me the football, man. And it's like <laughs> and Fifteen years later, I'm still hurt. <laughs> I mean, it's possible he didn't do it. I mean, yeah, his blood was everywhere but in his own body, but it's <laughs> possible. Is that a joke too soon? I don't think any joke is too soon, guys. I was doing 9-11 jokes before the second plane hit the tower. Is that a joke too soon? It's at the gym. Uh, I live in West Hollywood. I go to the 24 hour fitness on uh, Santa Monica in La Angeles, And it's, it's, that is a gym that is like a live action cartoon. Man. And there is a lot of shenanigans in that. So, <laughs> I'm not homophobic. I, I'm really not. I'm a very gay friendly, straight person. I live on Larrabee, which is like the gayest street in the planet. <laughs> I literally live in a condo scrunched between Mickey's, (laughs) Rage, and a bar called Trunks. (laughs) So I'm down with that lifestyle. I mean, I'm not down with it personally, but it doesn't offend me. So I'm on the elliptical tonight, and there's this real hot blonde to my left on the phone. And she was talking pretty loudly, but it didn't really bother me. This gay guy who's to my right, Starts arguing with her, going, That's outrageous. You should not be on your phone when you're working out. It's rude and distracting. And he storms off. Fast forward 20 minutes later, I'm shaving in the steam room. This guy, who was so offended by the cell phone, is getting blown in the corner. (laughs) Like, that's cool. Am I the only one that finds that, uh, <laughs> slightly abnormal behavior? <laughs> I'm having two for one signups, guys. Go over there and see if you'll dig it. I got tea mean, got teabagged the other day in the bench press. I was about to lift 315 for the first time. And that's a lot of weight, man. That's a lot of weight. Any guy in here with benches, no, it's a 315. If you're not roiding, there's a lot of weight. <laughs> and I got long arms, so it's like, you know, usually most benchers, good ones, have the short arms, so they can just go like that, you know. You got long arms, man. It's just the weight that's further to travel. So Side the caffeine and creatine kicking in full force. <laughs> you know, when I worked out at this gym, I'm like a horse in the Kentucky Derby. I got blinders on, I got, you know, they put blinders on horses so they don't get nervous. That's what they put on me in the weight room, 24-hour fitness. I I don't wanna see what's going on around me. I don't need it. So I asked this guy, without really looking at him, hey man, can you give me a smile on the bench? He's like, no problem. I said, whatever you do, don't touch the bar. Because every guy in here wants to know that they got the weight up and down by themselves. So I got the weight up, and it's pretty good. About two seconds later, it comes crashing on my chest. And the guy, I don't know if you, spot someone on the bench before, but this is how you do it. <laughs> I got T-bagged. <laughs> and I to the 315 all on my own. All right, guys, listen, I don't need the attitude. <laughs> I really don't. I was booked at an open-minded North Hollywood tonight. I'm here because I wanted to help the show out. It's a great band coming here. Afterwards, obviously, the drummer's incredibly lazy. <laughs> Doesn't even set up his freaking cymbals. And, and he wonders why he's going on last at Three o'clock. look at it, even the guitar guy's over there were ready to go. Oh, damn it. Oh, well, you guys are gonna have a great time. <laughs> are you guys ready to start the show? <laughs> You guys, I really want you to make the first comic feel welcome. <laughs> you guys haven't made me, I, you guys made me feel like I had some kids pee pee in grade school. <laughs> beautiful people can laugh. It's, it's not that hard. Some of you may have Botox, but you still laugh. This next comic. You will see him later on in the band Casual Mafia. Woo. Yeah. Come on, let's hear it from Casual Mafia, guys. Yeah. He performed here the last time I was here and had the set of the night. He's a good guy. And the only reason I'm giving him this good of an intro is because he just walked up to me and told me it was funny. So, uh, <laughs> make it, let him hear it, guys, seriously. Some of my good friends, Josh McCougan, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, let him hear it, guys. JONATHAN,